Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside Podcast. My name is Ginny Urich, and back for the third time, you are going to be so thrilled about this one, is my midwife and friend, Beth Barbeau. Welcome back. Thanks, Ginny. It's wonderful to be back. It's so great. I got so many messages after our last conversation, so many messages about your voice. And people would write in and say, I would just put it on before I would go to bed or I would listen to it here or there. And her voice and her presence is just so calming. So if people want to go back and listen to other episodes with you on it, you're also on episode 154. And we talked there a lot about having a first aid kit and what you can have with you to help with the common things that might happen when you're out and about, when you're getting your kids outside. And then you came back on episode 164, where we talked about air quality issues and ideas for when you're dealing with that. And that can come up at any time. It was coming up at that point for the wildfires that were in Canada and were in Michigan. And so we were dealing with a lot of air quality issues at that time. So you came back on then. And like I said, I just got so much feedback about your presence and the wisdom that you bring You have over 40 years of experience where you've been with thousands of families in and out of their homes. And so really, this is the podcast that we'd always talked about doing, which is in the fall here, when a lot of people start to move back indoors for school, different types of things, the sun changes, we're not getting quite as much vitamin D, the days become shorter, that a lot of people get sick. And in this day and age, we may not want to be going into the doctor's office every single time. We might want to be at home and we might want to try with certain things to work on different remedies or see what we can do, see what we have in our own toolboxes to try and help our families through these different common, the more common things that might occur in a family with children. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. You have a whole course on this. It's called Get Well Soon, a fantastic course. In fact, Beth, I was looking at people, you had so many people who had left reviews for the course and they were so fantastic. You know, this person said, I grew up with parents who gave us Tylenol, ice packs, and a hot water bottle. And that was all they had. And they relied on the doctor for everything else. I am no longer reliant in having to go to the doctor for every little thing. So many, they're beautiful. All these responses from people who have taken your Get Well Soon class And we're going to scratch the surface a little bit today to give people some information for this fall season and go heading into the winter. So I'm so excited to talk about this. We've been wanting to do this for so long. And it's actually the accumulation of so much because over the last 40 years, as I would help with my home birth clients, as their kids would get sick in the fall or different things, they'd call up. Somebody called up recently, an old client, and just said, I think there's some specs around their mouth. We were around hand, foot, and mouth disease. We're wondering if it's coming on. I'm pregnant again. What should I do? I said, well, what do you have for vitamin C? And they said, oh, I don't have anything in the house. And so it's not that this has to be, we only believe in docs or we don't ever believe in docs. It doesn't have to be an either or line that we draw in the sand and you got to pick your side. It's a chance to have some options because There's a place before you go to the doc, there's a place where you might not need the doctor. And there is times when you can't get in. And so just like going outside has empowered families to find their own way, have a stronger family life, all the different benefits that we listen to in all your hundreds of fabulous podcasts, the same thing is true for healthcare, that we don't actually have to hand it off. Just like, you know, a lot of people are not handing off school all the way or something like that, Mm -hmm. then we can have some autonomy with our healthcare. 
that there's lots that we can do that give us options. And all we're talking about really is expanding our toolbox. So people think of it as a medicine chest or something. But I love the description of a toolbox because we we all kind of know that. And I think we might have even talked about this on a previous podcast where, you know, we know that a plumber has a different toolbox than an IT person, mm. you know, than a midwife, than a surgeon. Yeah. There's different toolboxes. And it's not that they're exclusive or don't have some overlap, but parents can expand their toolbox. So instead of it being 530 on a Friday night and seeing spots start to show up and their kids start to get cranky and whiny. And everyone to start to get really scared, like, uh-oh, what kind of a weekend are we into? Mm-hmm. It actually, like, it's a lot, it, it, we can reduce the fear, right? By being empowered and having more information, like, where would we get good information? What do we like to use? What four things could we start with? And then if you need to or want to operate, you know, checking in with the doc, you very well might for a diagnosis. And then you also have treatment options. So mm-hmm. anyway, throughout all these decades, my clients would continue to say, oh, that helped so much or that worked. And we got lots of, honestly, it was some of the most encouraging stuff I've gotten in my whole life was the kinds of responses to that. But it was always followed with my sister-in-law in Santa Barbara needs this. How do I get this information to them or my best friend or the lady at church? So this Get Well Soon course was a chance to sort of put down as much as I possibly could so people can really have a resource to go to. And well, certainly we hope to give people a lot to start with here. Yeah. And then that's a place to finish up with. Yeah, for sure. I think it's such a good point to say it's never convenient when a child gets sick usually. And sometimes, like you said, it's at a really inconvenient time. Let's say it's two in the morning mm-hmm. and you're home alone and your husband is out of town or you're a single mom. And, you know, you can't easily get up all of the other kids and rush to the ER or rush to urgent care or that type of thing. So there are situations, and you've helped me in in particular on certain occasions where I was able to use a home remedy and get through a hairy time when Josh was out of town and I had four little kids and I don't necessarily want to drag all of them into a doctor's office if I don't have to. If you do have to, that's one thing. But if you don't have to, if there's other ideas and those can help and give a good solution, then it can be pretty life-changing for a family. Yeah. The parents routinely talk about feeling more calm, more empowered, and also getting better results. And I've seen it over time as I've helped and worked with families for over one, two, three, some of these people, four or five babies, I'm watching their evolution in terms of how they approach healthcare, how independent they are getting information. And now I'm, again, learning more from them as they say, you know what? I'm able to do even less and I'm getting better results. Yeah. So this Get Well Soon class is filled with a lot of ideas. Let's start with the preventative because, like I said, we're heading into a time, a season of life where it's very common for kids to get very sick. And I used to think that it was mainly because all of a sudden you're back and there's a lot of germs and there's a lot of kids and you're in school with 25 other students. But I found that this would also be a time of the year when our homeschool kids would also get sick. And I think a lot of it has to do with a drastic change in the amount of sunlight, in the amount of fresh air, in the amount of movement that our bodies are getting. So when we're talking about preventative, what are some ideas that a family could implement at this time of year that would help to bolster, is that a word? Booster, bolster, booster? Bolster is a word, yeah. Yeah, bolster their immune systems and their family's overall health. Well, in terms of prevention, we're really talking about lifestyle approaches primarily, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can really, I'm going to, I have, you know, five, four or five different things here to list real quickly. 
And any one of them can really help. The reality is when we're talking to individuals, every parent who's listening, every mom who's like, there's going to pick up on one of these and like, I could do that. I'm already doing that. I do better than that. <laughs> I know that one last year. I'm not past that one. It's all good. And it doesn't mean that each person has to do this exactly right. Just like going outside, right? Some people are doing, they're rocking it, getting a half an hour more than they used to. Mm-hmm. And others are rocking it, getting out 10 hours a day and like, you know, doing everything but going to the bathroom out there. Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is going to pick their starting point and everyone is going to add in a little more of what they can do. So I'm going to start with parents. You are your child's best expert. We've talked about that before. In other words, you know what they can do. You know their ranges. You know how they are. I may have mentioned before, I I was a young mom when I started to realize that my oldest was pretty hardy. He wasn't really prone to getting sick too much, but then he would get a fever and I started to see a pattern. If his dad and I had a fight and we had sort of some, you know, rough edges at the household, you know, and we were kind of not doing well, he would have a fever the next day, every time. And I learned, oh, this isn't so much a germ. This is emotional response. And now that I know more, we also know about parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems, right? Mm -hmm. So SNS or sympathetic nervous system is that fight or flight, fight, fight, or freeze, the be alert, get ready. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to live with about 40% of our, maybe depending who you talk to, our autonomic nervous system in that category, that much alert, watching for the lion, if you will. Mm -hmm. But parasympathetic rest and digest is where our immune system restores and repairs. Mm. And that we should be working in around 60%. If we go into high alert or live in high alert, it actually compromises immune function. So we know that if we, whatever we can do to improve parasympathetic or rest and digest and feeling comfortable and at ease and safe, actually there is a biological sequencing that happens that also improves immune function. So that would make sense as I think back to my six-year-old who, if I was really crabby and we had a little yelling thing that happened and then we, you know, even if we kissed the mate up, it still put him on high alert. So if we think about the world in the last few years, and again, you know, in terms of this COVID pandemic and things like that, people picked where they were, everyone had their degree of fear or anger or upsetness or compromise or rhythm changes, whatever was that happened in your community and your family. It changed things. It increased a lot more high alert for a lot of people. And not everybody has come back down. In other words, it may look okay. You've mentioned that before when we talked that like, you know, it's like we're kind of not back to last time we talked to you said we weren't exactly back to where we were before. And so part of that is an internal alert. Like in the United States, for instance, I'll give you a sample that most people can identify with 9-11. So when they start to publicize the 9-11 videos, and all of that topic and the politics and concern and tragedy of that, mm-hmm. we basically put the entire country back into SNS, high alert, mm. for a couple of days or a couple yeah. of weeks. And everybody yeah. goes there again, but then nobody is helping the country to move back. We're okay, take a breath. Mm. The way a midwife would after birth. Hey, everybody made it, we're good. Baby's breathing, mom is safe, placenta's out. Ah, oh, here we go. And so sometimes people come to me, for instance, after, um, you know, it's four months after they had their baby and it was an emergency C-section mm-hmm. and they're like, we're just not sleeping very well. And I see the baby has super wide eyes, like, ah, they're on high alert. And the mom is, and everybody starts to relax. If we can use, that's where this voice came from is, ah, 
we all need to take a breath. I think you're okay. Let's talk about how you're on solid ground now. I know that was a really big thing that happened. That's why I like Kim John's Payne's voice. He has that everything's going to be okay voice. So we need to be that voice for our kids. So that was a long roundabout thing when you talk about what's prevention. Well, we can start talking about stuff to buy and things to do. But the reality is everybody has in their toolbox something that they can tweak in their family, right? So they can tweak a few things. So ready for the list? I've kind of been a run on sentence. Yes, I think the list sounds great. But I think also it's just a good reminder to it's so good to acknowledge that we are under a lot of stress. And I just was talking to a friend literally today, like an hour ago, we were together and she's dealing with some different blood sugar type things. So she's been seeing a naturopath and the naturopath said, you know, has anything changed in your life in the last month? And of course it's like, well, it's back to school. And back to school is whether you're a homeschool family or public school or hybrid school, no matter what you're doing, that is a time of increased stress because all of a sudden there's activities at night and you're responsible for homework, you're responsible for schoolwork, you're responsible for this form and that form. And it's a big change in rhythm. So it's just a great acknowledgement, I think, of the spot that we're at in the world and the fact that these things that everyone is doing, we forget that they are stressors. And even to our kids, whatever their experiences are during the day and during the evening, that they are experiencing stressors as well. I think one that's a really small one, but it's something that a lot of people deal with that you and I have talked about quite a bit is just daylight savings time. <laughs> you know, I just, I went to a conference a week or two ago and there was a one hour time difference between where we were and, and where we ended up for this conference. And I had a friend come with me and she, for the whole weekend, she like could not, she, <laughs> she could not adjust. She could not adjust to the eating and this one hour schedule change. And it was a little bit of a joke. But I mean, even things like that, I, I love that you acknowledge that these things can be stressful. And so you want to have a little bit of a list, a little bit of a toolbox to switch back into that rest and digest stage. Yeah. That daylight savings time thing is the bane of my existence. <laughs> I, I hate that so much. I was actually thinking about it um, literally two days ago. I was laying in bed thinking, oh, look, it's dark when I wake up now early to go to the gym. I like going to the gym and the, it makes me feel like I'm doing something. I'm sneaking my time. And I'm like, oh, the time is going to change. Is there time to write my congressperson again? <laughs> Do we have time? To write it? I always feel victimized by it. And I'm trying to change my attitude. But but I think it's a point that 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 one hour time difference can throw you into a tizzy for several weeks until you adjust. So what about a whole new school routine? What about you started a new job? What about you're dealing with an elderly parent? What about you have chronic illness in your family? I mean, all of these things, it's so important to acknowledge mm -hmm. that they're affecting our well-being. And it's good to have some tools uh -huh. to figure out because it's easier said than done. Like, well, how, how do you become less stressed? It's yes, because because I have to say that when I listen to podcasts and the speaker begins to say we need less stress, I immediately tune out. <laughs> I'm so irritated by people not understanding what why I have stress and why it can't change and that I should be doing it better. I offer that mostly I'm trying to help people identify. I, I do have some solutions and they don't cost a lot and you get to do it within your personality and your family rhythms. It's just and you brought it up. It's rhythm. So Part of it is just to acknowledge we're human beings, we're mammals, 
our entire endocrine system, hormonal system, all of those things are very much governed by light patterns. That's part of how this works. And so when we have different kinds of light patterns, so if originally there's a sunlight pattern, there's light and dark and UV, that creates a certain biological pattern for us that we swing with. We're naturally pulling inward as we feel it get colder, in, you know, at least in this part of the country. Now, as we add on all different kinds of lighting in our homes and all the different kinds of blue light, blue screens, screen light, all that stuff, those light patterns actually measurably change our endocrine hormonal systems. That changes our mood. It changes how hopeful we feel. Mm. It changes whether or not we feel like we can get up in the morning and we're glad to be awake or if we just feel like we're doing this because we don't really have a choice. It literally can feel like we're being pulled or we get to stand up and we get to push, right? So it's a big mm. difference. And as parents, I think there's this cr- a little bit of a crisis. You know, as I get on social media more, more I, I wasn't a social media person c- more because of my age and not ever been that kind of chatty person, right? I never really needed, wanted to know what everybody else was doing in school. I always was just marching to my own drummer thing. And so social media is like my love-hate thing. And here I am dancing on it to try and meet a lot of more people it's been amazing to see what people are doing and to get the feedback and meet a lot of new strangers that are now friends, right? You, I'm sure you see a lot of that. But also, there's a lot of hubbub there. Mm. And that kind of hubbub and the keeping up and geez, there's like, that's the 10th recipe I want to save. And it's only 730 at night. <laughs> you know, what am I gonna do with all those recipes? There's that whole thing. There's just so much information. So here's some prevention. The key, if you want to just take away one thing from this, It sounds simple and dumb, but it's to create space. It's to create space. It's to take that deep breath. And how you create those nuances of space will vary depending on your personality, the personality of your kids and your household. There's all different kinds. There's not just one right way, right? We know, Jenny, your kids are pretty social. You do a lot of things in certain ways. Me too. And we have our different different ways. So what that means to me is, number one, rest. So we need, whenever we have an adjustment of our rhythms, it will affect our biology. And the more space we can create, the more we give ourselves room to biologically adjust. So I'm going to leap to a completely different topic for a second. When my mom died, she'd been in hospice in our household for nine months. And when she passed, we needed space. So we pulled back from the outer world and we pulled back from doing a lot of stuff. And we kind of waited for the fabric of our lives you know, we, we did what we could, right? We, we went outside, but sometimes we didn't feel like it as much. We went and did things, but we didn't really feel like it. We gave ourselves a lot of space until we felt our equilibrium begin to reestablish in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And it really helps to move things along. So, you know, luckily, starting school in whatever way we do it is not a, that, you know, serious trauma, sad thing. But it is a change. It's it's a lot, you know, like the, it's the kids are measured. Like there's so much and especially there's just so much. We could talk about that all day, obviously. So if we can create more room for rest. So it means we're having simpler meals, but we need more nourishing meals. We can't really get away with like pizza three nights a week right now. It can be helpful. If three nights a week is different than your usual seven, then maybe that's good. <laughs> you know, but we we need nourishing, simple meals. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about what the nourishing actually is. And we need we need more space. So we have to create more space to get ready. Transitions are going to take longer. We need more time to get ready for bed. We might need a longer hot bath to calm down and debrief. Mm-hmm. We might need a little longer cuddles. The kids might have some things they have to talk to you about that they didn't get, get around to. So 
So saying goodnight and getting out of their room might take longer. And if you're like me, like when my kids were little, you know, bedtime was a desperate race for them to fall asleep before me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was I was really uncomfortable. I was so exhausted. So we got to just move that up so that there's room for that. The children have to have rest. And frankly, we do too. We can't just administer this to them. But when people have enough rest, first of all, it helps to reset that sympathetic, parasympathetic imbalance. Mm-hmm. Healing happens when we're sleeping in the dark. If we're not getting to sleep, we're not getting our healing time in. And it's really an important time for regrouping. So a lot of times during transitions, we actually need more rest. So as boring and simple and cheap as it is, we cannot buy it on Amazon. We just need more room for sleeping. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com outside120 for $120 off. Goodchap.com slash outside120 code outside120. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. So I always like to come up with a range of things so that people have stuff they can do for free, no matter what their budget is, mm-hmm. whether they're living in a house with electricity or a mansion with maids. Mm-hmm. And so that you have practical stuff, you have kitchen stuff. I like herbs. I like essential oils. I like homeopathy. I like attitude. I like a book that they can go to, a website they can go to. Mm-hmm. I like to have a range so that you can pick 
your personality, like I'm good at homeopathy. I don't want to know more of those. I need, but I don't know about that Jin Shin Jitsu thing. What the heck is that thing? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure people always have an extra. So rest mm-hmm. is the one that we start with that people are kind of rolling their eyes to, like we don't know this, but how many of us are doing it? Like really? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and it's a kind of like a, what does that look like? And I think it's an interesting thing because it looks different depending on the age and stage of your family. And so for me, rest really took the form of our outdoor play when our kids were little, that was the only time when I could catch my breath. Mm-hmm. But it looked like it looked like hectic. It looked hectic as we were packing up, as we were trying to plan to meet someone else, as we're trying to maybe get there at a certain time. Although what's really special about getting outside in particular is that if your friend is running late or if maybe your friend doesn't even show up because maybe they had something that came up or didn't work out for them, the outdoors kind of covers for it. If someone shows up 20 minutes late, it doesn't really matter because there's stuff for your kids to do and everyone's playing. So when our kids were little, that was the only time that was as soon as I got to the place that we were going and opened out the door and stepped out into the air. That was the first time that I could have that release. And because we built into our early childhood long periods of time outside, it was on a somewhat regular basis where I was getting two, three hours sometimes, even more if the kids were occupied to really have that chance to release. So it looked like that when our kids were little. And I think that helped us with our marriage, kind of. (laughs) But, you know, it helped in some ways. But now that our kids are older and, you know, your kids are out of the house, it's an interesting transition because I really could fill all of my time with productivity. And so it takes some intentionality to say, look, I'm going to slow down. I'm trying to do a cross stitch. I'm like, if I could do one strand of string a day and I can add to my cross stitch, it's it's a time of intentional slowing down and creating some, something with my hands, which is helpful. So I just love this idea of creating space. And people can find more information about this preventative in your Get Well Soon class this whole piece of, you know, you were talking about vitamin C and some other ideas, nourishing meals. That's a part of your class. Am I correct? You have a, a whole thing of recipe. Yeah, those are the the sick recipes, the recipes to use when people are getting sick. That's one of the bonuses and things. The idea behind the class, I taught it um, actually at MOPS groups, the mothers of preschoolers that are in some of the churches. And I taught it there over the years and in many other settings. And then it became a day long thing and then people were really begging for it. So my idea was in this class that we would introduce a toolbox so that the most experienced mothers and the complete beginners to natural health would both find it really worthy and valuable for their time and become a resource that they could lean on. So there is a whole thing in which we talk about the approach to health, what it means to be healthy and what it means to be having responsibility. It's kind of a big deal. And it's actually a nice conversation there that takes a little bit The idea of this class is that there is an extremely efficient 56-page manual so that people can just turn to earaches, see the 25, 26 different things, hear the conversation about it, see the resources and go like, oh, good. I have, no matter what I have in my house, if I've, you know, if I've gone through the other list that's in this, uh, there's a shopping list. So you can do like, if you wanted everything, here's what you would be looking at. If you just need 10 things in your kitchen, here's the things to start building in with your, you know, kitchen food budget once a week, add one thing. So that you always have at least a half a dozen things that you could pull on in any kind of situation. And then I go into a basically a, a, an introduction where we have a whole page and introduction and a little piece on homeopathy. 
what the heck is that? How does it work? How do you dose it? Can you do any harm? What do you know? How do we justify that? How do you pick which one? That's a lot of things that people often don't like. They, they've heard of Arnica, but they don't know why it works or if it's like safe to experiment because it seems so different, right? We wouldn't really usually go to the drugstore, buy stuff and just start experimenting. Right. Well, and it's, I think it's, it's not part of our vernacular. So Arnica is not a word that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And then when you buy it, you know, if you take a Tylenol or if you took an Advil, it's like, well, how many pills do you take? One or two? Well, these don't look like that. And then they'll say like 60 C or 200 C. And you don't know what that is because if you didn't grow up with it and that's not the typical thing that you would maybe get from the nurse at the school or something like that. And so that's a fantastic thing to have in a get well soon course. That was the idea so that everybody could feel like that they had a baseline because when I was um, a young mom, I believed in natural health, but I didn't know how to exercise it with children. Like it's one thing to wing it with yourself. It's quite another to have a kid that's all red and flushed and screeching. And you're like, I don't know what to do that's effective and okay for kids. And so anyway, we cover homeopathy, we cover essential oils, we cover herbs. What is that? How do you use them? What are the preparations? How do you figure out dosing? We cover supplements. Anyway, the whole range and then the stuff in the kitchen. So back to the prevention. One of the things that I think that the outdoor, one of the reasons that outdoors is so effective to the immune system besides, you know, vitamin C and fresh air and you move around. So it moves your lymphatic system, which helps you to be healthier but also it reduces your sympathetic nervous system fight or flight Mm -hmm. and calms the nervous system. If you're barefoot or hanging out on the ground, if you're around the trees, if you're under a canopy, all of those sensory inputs are calming to the nervous system where the mechanical, digital, alarming sounds, artificial sounds, uh, have a more of a more tendency often to put the autoimmune system on alert. That's why a thousand hours outside is sort of one of the first defenses Mm. for staying healthy. And the kinds of pieces that go with it are that I would encourage people to include warmth. I know that we touched on it with babies in the past and our other conversations, but being warm in the setting that we're in is really important. Like for instance, to prevent a sore throat, the first thing I would be talking about is, are their necks warm? I once met some midwives and other, some uh, naturopaths from England And they used to tell me that in their communities, nobody worried about their ears being covered. That was my mother's thing. Make sure your ears are covered. Mm -hmm. But they always made sure that you had your neck covered. And I must say, when I switched to wearing scarves and quit worrying so much about messing up my curly hair with the hat, unless I was, Mm -hmm. you know, tobogganing or something, everything changed. How many sore throats I got changed completely. It really went down. So I've long advised my clients to make sure that their kids have their necks warm right underneath their ears and that they could prevent earaches that way. So they could buy gaiters. They could use an old adult throwaway turtleneck, cut off the turtleneck and use that as a gaiter for their kid's neck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the old ones that they're throwing out because they're stained. They could buy buff bandanas because they're expensive and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, make it easy. A bandana. Mm-hmm. So it could be cute cowboys that day or something, but keep their necks warm. Mm-hmm. Even, and even if they don't want to wear the right stuff. That's what those balakalavas that are really common with the European woolen companies for kids. They're basically for the people who do snowmobiling, right? Mm-hmm. They're basically like that sleeve that goes over the head, goes down to the chest and covers their neck and just has that cute face picking up. Mm-hmm. That keeps the neck warm. Yeah. And I had a little thin wool silk ones for my boys 
And there was a point, especially through kindergarten in the first couple years of, you know, first, second, third, they would be wearing that thin one with their long sleeve shirts outside in the spring because the spring winds would have given them earaches and they loved them. Um, they found them very comfortable and they could put them on themselves and you don't have to worry about scarves choking the toddlers. And... Mm-hmm. So anyway, warmth, a scarf, undershirts. And I will say here in Michigan right now, it's gray. It's reaching 60 to 70 degrees, but it mostly feels cold and autumn and damp. And all of a sudden yeah. we're starting to wear our warmer yeah. stuff. But I'll tell you, if I go out in public, I'm seeing the parents are putting on their sweatshirts, but they're still carrying around their babies in the car seats in like onesies or little overalls where their little legs are poking out and no hats. These little ones, the real little babies, it's, you know, it's great to get outside early on, but they really need to be cozy to not burn up the calories that they have. And just because they have a hot head where it's like the heat's going up the chimney, that's not it. If you have a small baby, one month old, two month old, three month old, and you have cool hands or feet, mottled skin, or especially those newborns, if they have hiccups, they're too cold. And I would advocate that they need our layers, as I was taught, plus one or two more. And that we don't want their little skin peeking out by itself. And when we have these nice little warm tights on them and different things, we get the babies that are pink and they digest well and they go to the bathroom well and they're warm and cozy. So mm-hmm. anyway, I know people immediately start to say, my kids won't keep warm clothes on. And I don't know about that, but I would say, let's get our newborn, let's get our babies used to being warm and cozy. Mm. My kids like to be out in the weather. They're not whiners but they know when to get warm with a scarf, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't want kids barefoot in the snow on a regular basis, maybe for fun once in a while, but not, that's not a usual thing. Right. Right. So. right. I would say we found that the balaclavas were the perfect solution because they were harder to get off. And I think it just sort of becomes part of how you feel. It's part of what you're wearing. Whereas a hat, a hat you can pull on and off. It gets itchy. And so our kids still wear those, actually. They love those balaclavas. Then it tucks down in. Maybe it's underneath their shirt. So it's just kind of part of the ensemble. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really good solution for our kids, too. And I think those wool underlayers, and you and I have gone shopping together at the thrift stores and found them. Mm -hmm. I know you might find an adult woman's old wool sweater and a small size and give it to your kid and they can roll the sleeves up or whatever it is that you can find. I know you and I have had a lot of success finding that type of thing at the thrift store. I had learned from you that in the Waldorf schools, they really promote the wool underlayers. And it was something like up until age eight that a child has a hard time regulating their own body temperature. They need like some external help, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that it makes sense as parenting to guide our children. So obviously we're not trying to overheat them. We're trying to appreciate their personalities, but also I'm not personally a big fan of telling a four-year-old, you decide if you wear your coat and now your cold seed, did you learn? I think that it's more of, it's our job to sort of watch out for them and to help them uh, basically build in the patterns of thoughtful care. I don't want the consequences of a really cold four or five-year-old for the afternoon at the park because they're whiny. They're not going to participate as well. And they're much more likely to get sick. And then I'm on the hook again, right? So I say, no, you know, when we do this, we wear a balaclavas and you want to put your mittens on first or second and give them options that let them have some autonomy and, but also have them pick the choices that we want. The mittens are going to go on if we're going to go be in cold, windy weather or something. Mm -hmm. So think of this transition points are intense for our psyches and also for our bodies. 
So if you live, you know, if there's a seasonal change where you are, if you're going to be in the Midwest, you know, we're getting cold, rainy, autumny. People are going outside for their apple cider things and their pumpkin carvings, and everybody comes home mm-hmm. cold right. and needing the warm baths to warm up. So this is not news to experienced parents, but just that encouragement to to embrace warmth in cool ways. For a lot of us who are really on tight budgets with our children, honestly, woolens and soft-soled shoes for their neurological development were the two main things that I actually spent money on and mm-hmm. winter boots. I would do resale as much as I could, church sales and stuff like that. I sometimes could make do with like adult silks, you know, like silk stuff that I could cut down for the kids. But a lot of times I was saving my money for the really good wool silk layers that they could just wear. And I just felt that that was my investment in their health care. Mm, that's so interesting. That's basically what we did at your behest. <laughs> we learned that from you. But I do remember the price of shock. I mean, I had bought every single thing that we owned from a mom to mom sale. So things were like a quarter. I mean, it was like, here's your 25 cents for this shirt. And then you go to look at a wool shirt and it's 40 or $50. But what's interesting is that they would wear that shirt almost the entire winter as an underlayer. So possibly starting in September, but certainly in October, all the way through March or April. So you're talking half the year, they're wearing this shirt. And you and I have gone back and forth about this because, you know, eventually it does wear out, but wool fibers, they have this capacity to bend in an incredible amount of times more than cotton. So it's something like if a wool fiber can bend 25,000 times before it breaks. The cotton fiber can only bend 5,000 times. It's something like that. So the wool pieces tend to last and people sometimes use them for heirlooms. And we were able to patch little things and then pass them down to the next kid. And it really made a big difference with getting our kids outdoors and then being comfortable and being able to play for a longer period of time. And then that then affects the amount of light that they're getting exposed to, the amount of full spectrum light, the amount of fresh air and the amount that they're moving their lymphatic system. So I love that you say it's an investment in health. We definitely had a major turn in terms of needing a doctor's appointments for our kids when we started to prioritize time outside. In fact, I mean, we hardly needed anything once we made that shift and the warm clothing helps to facilitate that. And maybe you go in with a friend. We had a friend that came over just last year. And so we've got woolens that range from different sizes, these wool underlayers. And her kid was in a size that our kid wasn't in last year. And so she took ours and take it for a season. And if it gets ruined, that's fine. It gets ruined. But a lot of times they don't. And then you just kind of can pass back and forth. So that's even a cool idea if you've got a group of friends and you can swap sizes year over year. So. I'm going to make a little pitch for the mommies. I wrote a blog one time that's on my website, indigoforest.com. And the blog is called Confessions of a Cold Mommy. And I'm here to say, I'm confessing that I resisted getting my kids outside in the cold and cold weather because I found it so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just so miserable. I was, it was just not fun. And I know it was good for them and maybe me. And I realized it took a while for me to realize that I wasn't prioritizing me being comfortable and warm. And as our budgets increased and as I started to like think about watching out for the right stuff for me or the things on sale, when I got warm boots, when I got woolens, when I got not just the whatever gloves were going to fall on my head in the foyer, you know, closet, but I actually got warm gloves for me. I enjoyed it way more. It was way, it was way more fun to get out 
side and I could do my thing. I could play with them or not. I could do my own work. I could shovel stuff, but we deserve to be healthy, warm, moving, cheerful as well. Healthy parents lead to healthy kids. If we're always strung out, overtired, grouchy, and we're, you know, running to the car with our coats flapping, how like that's what we do as mommies half the time, right? You know, like half of them are amazing and all got zipped up and they match. And the other half of us are just running along with their, you know, our mittens, you know, falling out of our gloves, falling out of our pocket, unzipped, our neck cold and getting into the car, treating ourselves like our adorable kindergartners. It was a really different shift in terms of my uh, approaching my own health care differently. Mm-hmm. So I, I just encourage that perspective. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective to look at clothing as part of your health care. And that was something that I learned from you early on <laughs> because I thought it was odd <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, but it is. It's a part of your health care. Everything I did was on. I, I, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. True. I, I had <laughs> yes, to say, true. everything I did you thought was odd. It's like, <laughs> now it looks cool. Now you're amazing with a thousand hours and all this audience. Now I have room to talk with my, <laughs> with my classes and stuff. But back in the day, you were nursing, like, I don't know, a half a dozen kids at a time or something. <laughs> Not really. You were, you know, you were nursing, tandem nursing your babies and having, working hard to have healthier, different births. And I was working hard to, because I thought that healthy births include healthy lives. That's why I call right. it Indigo Forest, healthy births, healthy lives. And that I didn't feel like you could just have a birth in isolation, right? And you, you right. did need to know about your healthy kids because then you would be a calmer mommy mm. and you didn't need them to be healthy because then you wouldn't be trying to like birth a baby while you had a cold. Yeah. And like, to me, I saw it as a big package. And I do remember the look on your face for the first whole child. <laughs> the whole time that you had Charlie, you could not figure out who this person was that you were talking to. It just, you're so like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. But you were a good sport. You never said it out loud. So I just kept trucking. <laughs> and when you got him out, you were like, wow, this is a healthy baby. This is different. Mm-hmm. You kind of, I think we had more to build on. You know, and I, and then I started to learn to not be weird. (laughs) I mean, you know, start. Well, and it's not weird. It's not weird. I wouldn't even say it's weird. It's just so many things that you've never heard of or never even considered. Like I would never have considered that the clothing purchases that we make could contribute to health outcomes until I learned. And I remember, I remember, especially with our little ones, they love those wool underlayers. They would request to put them on. And we would go outside and play and I would, you know, you pick them up to put them in the car seat for on the way home or something like that. And your hand would maybe slide up under their coat and touch their stomach. And they would be so toasty warm. It felt like an oven in there. And I just remember being blown away and it would really increase our capacity to spend time outside in inclement weather. And inclement weather, depending on where you live. And what's interesting about wool And this is something that we haven't needed to experiment with too much because we have milder summers, but wool just in and of itself is a temperature regulator. So that means it helps you to stay warm when it's cold, but it also helps you to stay cool when it's warm. It's a phenomenal thing. So it is, it's just one of those things that's an investment. So that, the balaclava, good boots. I would say that my favorite thing that I own for getting outside when it's cold is a thick pair of wool socks. 
And that changes the whole thing for me. And you got to have a little bit of room in your boots to move your toes around. They can't be so tight. Yeah, you've got your wool socks on right now. Beth just lifted her leg for all of us to see. So that really makes a difference for me. So these are great ideas for families. It's my first day of wearing, wearing wool socks <laughs> for the season. Like mm -hmm. my feet were so cold. Yeah, we were out in the rain today. It's chilly. It's getting chilly. Yeah, but it's so nice to have those different, you know, to experience the different weathers. But you've covered that in other podcasts with other people. Let's talk a little bit about the next thing. Um, we have warmth, we have rest, all these nice little basic things, but that we could talk about at length. Nourishing food. Mm -hmm. So this part, I want to say, this matters quite a bit. It's not a lot of times what people think. And for some of the listeners, what I'm going to say is going to be fairly radical and not sound easy. But I'm going to let you know why I think it's important. And I've frankly been working on it myself. So in general, it turns out that we need to make sure that the kids are getting enough of the right kind of fats mm -hmm. because it really helps their fat soluble vitamins. So I'm going to just do a couple of details here to give people an idea. In terms of resources, people they might want to look at, there's a doctor named Dr. David Brownstein. He happens to be um, a Michigan doctor here where we are. He is one of the world's authorities on iodine use. He has some really interesting books, including one on handling viruses. Hmm. And he has a protocol that he's used successfully for 20 years for respiratory illnesses that at the first sign of a respiratory thing, do this. And it's frankly, I mean, it's something that I share with my clients and it involves pretty high doses of vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin C, and iodine. Hmm. And People can find it in the His Virus book. They can find that protocol. I talk about it in some of my other things. I'm not going to give the details right here. But he has an amazing resource um, in terms of like what to look at. And people, for instance, have gotten a little scared of iodine, you know, in terms of like, oh, can you take one drop? Is it going to be too much? And then when you find out what the real recommendations are, it's incredible. Mm. So the kinds of things that seem to be really involved in immune function, of course, it's a lot of things, but right. vitamins A and C and D and E, selenium and zinc are some of the main, the main ones. Mm -hmm. And in terms of nourishing foods, we're looking at something, this part's radical. We're looking at not having carbs at every meal. We're looking at carbs as, you know, the new research and the new outcomes and those of us trying it. Carbs are not really the best thing for your immune system. We're finding out that we're probably needing a lot more protein that people are to some degree over-caloried. They have over-carbs, but they're really under-protein. And this actually affects how fast we get sick, how fast we recover, and how our immune system works. And it may sound boring, but it's very hard to not get the respite. You know, hand, foot, and mouth is going around. But if we're stopping at McDonald's a couple times a week, which can be easy, it's not really what the body needs in order to like really make that big difference. So one of the stats, when I was checking in with one of my colleagues to just double check that I have some fresh stuff for your wonderful audience, she told me that today, 18% of our youth in the United States, I know you have people who listen all over the world, 18% of the youth have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. In other words, they have fatty liver disease, which is a really serious thing in spite of what PubMed says. And it can be involved in insulin resistance. It can add to mental confusion. It is a major immune compromise. Our liver is critical for metabolic function, to detox, and for our immune. Our liver has to work for the immune. It means that we have to be pooping several times a day 
because we're eating several times a day. So what goes in has to come out. If it's not coming out, it's backing up. Think of when your toilet's screwing up and you get gunk up the sink and it's like, ooh, that kind of backing up goes into our liver and our gallbladder. How can 18%, almost one out of five of our kids have livers that are already have a disease that you used to only get if you were an alcoholic? And it has a lot to do with basically the wrong foods and too many carbs. We're all loading up. We're spilling up on carbs. Carbs should be more like the dessert. So if you're having grains at every meal, it's probably too many. And it's great for the meals to emphasize protein and veggies and fat and The truth is, it's not that people have to be meat eaters to make it work, but we are discovering that especially quality meats, like grass-fed meats and things, from most of the perspectives that I've been able to see and what I see in practice, it really seems to be advantageous in terms of helping people's health and their immune function. So we're looking at more protein. The amount of protein would be 0.8. 0.8 is the minimum. 0.8 grams of protein to one kilogram of body weight. One pound is equal to 0.45 kilograms. So uh, it's about a two to one ratio. So do some math. Right? <laughs> do some math. So in other words, 0.8 is the absolute minimum. And you're looking at 0.8 to 1.6 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight. That's what we'd be aiming for. Even the World Health Organization, this shocked me so much. The World Health Organization has said that for the six to 24 month olds, the little ones, yeah. that the best foods for them are eggs, dairy, meat, and seafood. I thought it was rice cereal. You know what I mean? Like, this is <laughs> what really about goldfish? Different stuff. <laughs> no, gold. Yeah, goldfish. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside 50 and use code outside 50 to get 50% off. That's code outside 50 at factormeals.com slash outside 50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. 
It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. So the idea for immune support would be to back off the carbs to boost protein and quality fat. Quality fat looks like recently opened olive oil, not the one-year-old can because it goes rancid in the air, but like recently Mm -hmm. opened olive oil, organic butter, if possible, that's like buying gold bars, but it's really Mm -hmm. worth it. Avocados, looking for oils that have not been too heated, that are more in their natural state. Mm -hmm. And to starve the microbes. The microbes really like to live on carbs and sugar. So we, we cannot feed our kids birthday cake and pizza two days in a row, take them outside in the cold rain to do trick or treating, and then be surprised when they have a sore throat the next morning. That is a given. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to, you, you got to figure out how you're going to dance that one out. So, and again, if your family lives on cereal, pasta and bread, this is a panic moment. Cause we're like, I don't even know what to put on the table if I'm not mm. stretching my food budget or if we're not filling up on sandwiches. Yeah. So I'm asking people take the deep breath. Yeah. Know that there's some choices and just have some awareness. It might be, well, Maybe one, we'll listen to a different podcast and get some ideas. Oh, my mom has a great recipe for soup. We'll do that on Friday nights yeah. and we'll do tacos on one night. That's a little different. And we'll just, let's try one meal. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have a bunch of uh, cake, then I know, well, let's maybe we can add in extra rest mm-hmm. and maybe we could add in having a lot more water and healthy made popsicles, not the sugary ones and stuff the next day to kind of hydrate our kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to just keep jumping around, but vitamin C is one of the most important things. It's an antioxidant. And so having powdered vitamin C means you can slip it into the kids' orange juice. You can slip it into a smoothie. You can slip it in some places. And if you're really trying to fight something, it's a very powerful thing. And it's also safe to play with. The way to look at it is basically to do an hourly dose or whatever you can do until you reach what's called bowel tolerance. In other words, when somebody's had more vitamin C than they can take in, they start to get loose stools, which isn't bad because you need the stools to clear out so that the liver can dump, right? So in a way, a little that's not a bad thing. We obviously don't want to create a problem, but then, and then you back off your dose. Mm-hmm. And so that everybody can do. Some people can do a lot. Some can only do a little. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to need some ways to sneak it in for their kids. And you and I have had conversations about that over the years, about how to sneak in goodness. I have a whole chapter on that in the Get Well Soon thing. Yeah, We talk all the way through. The Get Well Soon class, part of the idea of that was that for a lot of young mothers in particular, and people new to natural health, which the last few years have catapulted a lot more people yeah. interested in expanding that toolbox. The thing is, is that we're mostly getting our information and community for a lot of people now online. And the mm-hmm. online has a lot of information, but it also does not have information necessarily grounded in experience. Mm-hmm. I have repeatedly gone to websites as I look to document some of the things I want to say, for instance, in a blog, and I'll kind of double check it. And I'll go to the sites that have the doctor names on it and doctor mm-hmm. pictures and they look, they look right. Mm-hmm. And as I read through, I realize that they are repeatedly saying things that I know 100% to be wrong. I can pull it out in the book. I like I can document wow. they have it completely wrong. And so then I'm like, well, I guess I can't trust the other stuff that they just said, but but they look so official. And then when I look like, well, who wrote it? And I go to look at who wrote it. And it's like, oh, it's such and such. And you follow that. And it's like, it's a media group. 
the media group was producing mm. lots of these blogs that look so pretty and so official. And so I wanted to give people information. It's from use. It doesn't mean every one of them is for everybody, but every single person who's taken the class, literally every single person who's responded has said, it expanded my choices so much. I yeah. completely calmed down. I had yeah. so many options. I can't imagine like doing the last couple of years without this. And yeah. so it was in part, I yeah. taped a live class in part so that people could have that community and the mommy conversations that they're hungry for, that they could rely on. And then they have the contest because it does yeah. matter. If your kids get earaches yeah. every week, you need something else than the person who has an earache once a month or once a year, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, so that's why we have like the manual and some other books that are really good, easy references. So you don't have to wade through that wonderful community stuff if you're just in a hurry because you got a screaming kid. So you can really come at it from both directions and meet the needs of the experienced people. And then the the newbies who have like their first kid who's one year old and they like, I don't know what to do when he gets a fever. Oh, no. You know. Right, right. Well, the feedback from this is so cool. Like this woman in Carrie wrote, better than Google. I can't count the number of times I have reached for my Get Well Soon folder. It hangs out in my homeopathic supplement cabinet because it is just as important. This person, Clara, wrote, I reference the Beth book, which maybe yeah. it should be called that. The Beth book. Every time, every time my kids get sick, I love the balance she strikes between ancestral wisdom and evidence-based knowledge. Learning from Beth has helped me gain confidence, knowing I am capable of caring for my kids in a holistic way. So I just want to, I think just because my own life has been so enhanced by what I've learned from you, and you and I have talked about this over the years, when I would come in for a prenatal appointment, it would be an hour long. And then we struck up a relationship over the years over having three kids and having you be the midwife. And so I learned all sorts of things over the years and had the same sentiment as all of these other people who say, well, like everybody needs to have this information. And it really is life changing and life enhancing when you can take care of a lot of things on your own and you have the confidence to figure that out for your family. And so this Get Well Soon is really the answer, the Get Well Soon class is really an answer to what a lot of people have been asking for. And so we talked about prevention here with some really, really good ideas, but this class includes so much more and I just wanted to highlight some of the things that it includes. You talk about parenting confidently in uncertain times. You talk about obviously this expanding of the toolbox, which you mentioned earlier, but you're gonna go through respiratory illnesses in there. So this is one of the parts of the class where you're talking about the cough, the sore throat, the strep throat. There is a section called everything you need to know about snot. So, I mean, this is right. I mean, when you have a two-year-old, I think their nose is running like almost constantly. Some of ours were, and then there's a one about earaches, which earaches is such a big deal because they hurt. I had an ear infection this past spring. Did I ever tell you the story? That I, I don't think <laughs> I, you did. I, I, was at, I was at a conference and we went to this conference down in Louisiana and I, I ran that conference for this organization. It was a small little thing. It was really special. But then we were going from Louisiana to a conference in Texas and because of where we live in Michigan, we didn't want to drive all the way home. We couldn't really drive all the way home and drive back. So we stayed with some people in Louisiana. And I don't know, it's like, maybe it is part of it. Like we're thrown off our routine. It's a lot of stressors. And I got such a bad ear infection. 
was like miserable. So I was walking around these people's house with like cloves of garlic taped in my ears with like band-aids. And the the guy, the the man who owned the home, him, um, you know, is just him and his wife there. Anyway, he's a doctor. So he kept being like, like, you know, I, I can write you a prescription. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with my garlics. But it hurts so bad. And you forget, you forget the amount of pain. And so just to have some information about earaches for your kids, those sometimes come on suddenly, and they're in a lot of pain. Uh, fevers is in this with a lot of ideas, including the febrile seizure, which we had that happen once, and that was very scary. I remember I called 911. So that can be something that's really scary. Whooping cough and pertussis is in here. Diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, and creating a healing space. And then plus, you have a bunch of bonuses. So just, I'm wanting to, I want to really promote it because I have gotten so much out of what I have learned from you, and it has enhanced our family so much. And you have packaged it up. And here it's the fall, and so it's such an incredible investment into your family. It also comes with pink eye information, which is something that comes up a lot, UTIs, and 75 quiet, screen-free activities for the sick room. That's huge. I am so proud of that. I had so much fun putting that together. I consider that actually one of the little jewels of this, and I know it's like a bonus add-on something, Mm -hmm. but should keep people really busy. You could even use it for car rides or if somebody has like a broken leg and has to hang out for a while. Mm-hmm. And people do ask about that a lot. But I do think, you know, I we resort to a movie, which I think a slow paced movie isn't the end of the world, you know, if a child is sick. But sometimes it's like if they're sitting in front of that screen the whole day, I mean, they start to feel even yucky from that. So just great ideas, quiet screen free activities for your child that's not feeling well. And you could use it in all sorts of situations. So there's also the Get Well family recipes that you include in there. So this is really a comprehensive course. And I don't get on here too much to be like, this is something that really would benefit your family. But based off of my experience with you and looking at our own life and how we've been able to handle. And then if you look at, these are phenomenal reviews. I only I ran out of time. I was copying and pasting these different reviews. And I was like, okay, I'm out of time. I got I to gotta stop. But it was just one after the next, after the next, where people are saying, even other people are asking, well, how are your kids so healthy? And how are you doing this? And they would give credit to your class. This one says, Kelly, the biggest gift of this class for me was going up another level in confidence. It lists things you can do when your kids are under the weather. It's like having an experienced mom friend in a binder. <laughs> That's precious wording. It is. And I'm lucky that I had other parents who led the way with me and other healthcare providers. So because I was teaching in a naturopathic school, I had access to some cutting edge people in terms of what they do naturopathically. So I've been able to always ask questions in all these directions. And then I'm in the household of the very experienced parents. And then I have all these customers that came when we had the storefront. We were able to really have a lot of use and to try mm-hmm. things out. And then not only with my kids, but everybody around. And then I would hear from them because I was helping them. So I would hear how it went and people would come back to get mm. more of that thing or not. So yeah. I would just say, a parent, I felt really lonely when my kids were sick because, you know, like when I talked about using the middle lane and I really advocate common sense in the middle ground, right? So there's a place when you have a fever between feeling paralyzed with terror and saying it doesn't matter, we're, we don't care for 
sick or we don't care if we're contagious and we're just going anyway, you know, and being casual to the point of infecting others or extending our child's illness because we're not giving them that chance to be quiet and recover. So there is, I was, because it was on my list of like, can you go outside when you have a sore throat or can you go outside when you have a fever, right? And to talk about it. But as a parent, I was really lonely in that time because Mm. I, if I thought I needed an antibiotic or I needed a diagnosis, sure, you can go to the doctor, but they're not really ready to sit down with you. That's not their thing. And that's certainly not the way healthcare is working right now. And if you call your friend, it depends if our friend is selling something that, you know, like we all get on our bandwagon, we fall in love with a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And so we know what kind of speech we get from which friend. And then we can go online. And as my, my clients say, yeah, I went online and I scared myself to death you know, mm. or I found this thing online and it's a tea mm. and they call me and they're like, I saw this recipe online. Do you have this? I'm like, why is that in that recipe? And they're like, it was on there. It says it's great for fevers. I'm like, that's not a thing. That thing here, <laughs> let me show you my book here. Like that's, that's not the right thing. Plus it doesn't, plus it's endangered. Plus you can't get it. Plus who put that in there? Somebody plucked it from air. And so what I wanted to do, I, and if I were to confess something, my boys, I really love my boys. We all love our boys, right? We love our kids. Mm-hmm. My kids are in their early 20s. And, you know, recently one of them said to me, what are we going to do when we have kids? They said, what are we going to do when we have kids? Can you write all this down? They said, like, oh. you know, because like right now, right now I just was talking to my oldest and he croaked when he answered. I was like, what's wrong? Are you sick? He was, I got sick. I said, you had a big weekend, didn't you? And he said, I think I'm just sick. I said, do you need, you know, like, and, and <laughs> And, you know, he's 23 and he's like, I, sometimes he's like, can you bring me that, that ginger mm. lemon thing? He's convinced there's two things he's convinced cure every single thing. And one is ginger and lemon, which is in the recipe book for the bonuses. But they're like, how are we going to know what to do? Mm. So that's literally how comprehensive I wanted is that a lot of these oh. remedies, the reason it covers not just, it's not just a homeopathic book. I'm obviously not a homeopath, right? I'm mm-hmm. a mommy. I'm a mommy and a natural healthcare provider, and I've been doing it for decades. So it's not just essential oils because, you know, some people aren't into them and sometimes they're too strong or that we don't have the right one. It's not just about what's in your kitchen. But you know what? If you know, if you have a list of all these different things and things that have been used over the years and that I like, you know, do you have a tea bag that could work for the eyes? I read it and like it's two hours later. It's 90 percent better. That was like a miracle. Like, all right, we got it's so we're using it. It's like. I want people to be able to have something if it's the middle of the night, they have a big kitchen, they don't have a big kitchen. Yeah. They have a homeopathic yeah. if they don't have any. I want mm-hmm. everybody to be able to find something. And honestly, I'm on a mission to write down everything I got so that my kids, mm-hmm. as they raise, maybe someday I'm lucky enough to have grandkids or yeah. generational family, you know, the like get to be an ancestor, right? And they, yeah. I want it there for them. Yeah. And so that's why it includes everything. It says like, no, we like colloidal silver. This is why. Oh, you don't like colloidal silver? How about this? Mm. This is why this can work. This is why, this is how much iodine to take. It's okay to take this iodine. We did. Here's the place. Here's the doctor to go look. All of it has all kinds of resources. Like here's the five best books. So you know what to put on your Christmas list or your Hanukkah list or whatever. If you're like, what would you, what do you need for your baby shower? Here's some great resource books. Here's the kit. I need these three things. Anyway. I wanted people to feel loved and I wanted them to feel like they weren't alone and that they could have some things to ease their child's pain and sorrow, you know, their, their misery, which of course cheers up the whole family and, and shortens, shortens the time. 
Beth, this has been absolutely lovely. And I think it ladders back to, I mean, I have had my own friends. My own friends have come to me and said, can you text your midwife about my thing? I've had a lot of friends that do that. They'll say, hey, can you, can you just like ask her? And I think that that, I loved that the way that that mom put it, it's like having an experienced friend a natural health person, a midwife who has been around. And you've never been just about the babies. You've always been about the whole family. And so you have been looking at that and looking into that and helping families on a whole. And it's all in a binder and it's all in a course. So you can watch the classes, but then you also have that guide that you can go back to. People can find it at indigoforest.com. You want to go, you sign up for the newsletter. You send out consistent newsletters with fantastic information for families. People can find that there as well. And listen back to the old podcast because there's excellent information in them. Or if you just want to listen to Best Voice because it soothes you. uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thanks for the opportunity. I love talking to you. And, you know, again, I I dropped my microphone. (laughs) I just, well... It's wonderful to be connected and it's wonderful to be able to go out into the world together. And I really appreciate what I see you doing for families out there and championing the outdoors, which I never, never, I've always wanted that to be heard by everyone. So it's like, I just, I want to boost you up every chance I can because your your message is literally life-saving and life-changing. And I will tell you, I get, I get the text because part of my thing with all of my clients is that I tell them about a thousand hours outside. And I get texts months after the birth, years after the birth, often several a month. I got to tell you that a thousand hours outside that has changed her life. My husband goes outside with us now. My husband takes the girls outside. We get along better. We just stop being sick. We're having so much fun. We made a thousand hours. Oh my gosh. And so I appreciate you passing that on and you using your amazing education to change that people. Thank you. I love when you send me pictures if you're at a birth or you're at a home visit or after the birth a postnatal and you're like there's they have the chart on the fridge or something like that. So those are always <laughs> cool pictures to get. I love you friend and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Love you. Bye bye. Oh hey everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel 
real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not gonna wanna miss an episode. Unsticking it with Blair and Molly because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking.